Thanks for listening in to the Calvary Podcast, coming to you from Miami, Florida. We're so glad you've joined us. We hope today's message will encourage you and remind you that God is with you and He's for you. Here's today's message. We're starting a brand new series today called Seven, The Last Statements of Jesus from the Cross. Somebody say seven. Seven. We're looking at seven statements as we get ready for Easter. I know there's six weeks left, but Good Friday, we're going to talk about one of them as well. So that's seven opportunities that we have. Uh, Jesus, as he was being nailed to the cross, he said seven things that I think is absolutely important for us to hear, see, and understand what Jesus was saying as he was getting ready to die. And I think it will help us. We call it Good Friday when he got crucified. But how many know it wasn't a Good Friday, it was a bad Friday. It was a bad Friday for him, good for us. Uh, Maybe some of us, we've gone through some bad Fridays. We've gone through some bad days. We can learn from Good Friday, from the words of Jesus, how God can strengthen us, help us, give us faith, give us strength, give us supernatural power to overcome when life throws stuff at us. And so we're going to look at seven statements. We're going to begin with the first one today. Go to the book of Luke chapter 23. Go to Luke chapter 23. If you're watching online, thank you for watching. Thank you for for connecting all over the world. We got people watching. It's awesome. Go to Luke chapter 23. Luke chapter 23 as we begin this brand new series today, seven. As you're going there, why don't you look at the person sitting next to you and tell them, I'm so happy that you're sitting next to me today. Smile at somebody next to you. Come on, look at the person on the opposite side and tell them you're sitting next to the best looking person in the building. Just want to let you know. 11 a.m. said that with a lot of strength and power. I don't know. I like that. We got some confidence. Luke chapter 23. Seven, the last statements of Jesus. Jesus in the book of Luke chapter 23, he's been judged He's about to be crucified. And so they they lead him out of the city and he's on his way to Calvary. And it's there where he will be crucified and killed and he will give up his life for my sins and for your sins. Anybody grateful that Jesus paid the price for sins? Come on. I'm grateful. I don't know about you, church, but I'm grateful. As he was being nailed, He's next to two criminals. Luke is giving us the details about that. And so that's where we're going to pick it up in verse uh, 32. Go to verse 32. If you're there, can you say amen? Amen. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to put it up on the screens, also on the screens of those watching from home. The word of God says this in verse 32. Two others who were criminals were led away to be put to death with him. And when they came to the place that is called the skull, there they crucified him. And the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Why don't you highlight that, underline that? It's profound. It's beautiful. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Then they cast lots to divide his garments. Today, we're gonna begin this series, week one of our seven 
uh, part series, the last statements of Jesus, the first one that comes out of his mouth as he's being crucified to a cross is, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them is the first statement we're going to look at today. And uh, maybe you want to write that down, take some notes as we look at Jesus, think about Jesus, get our hearts prepared for Easter and Resurrection Sunday, looking at Jesus being crucified. And with those words in our heart and our soul, I think we should pray. And then let's talk about it for the next uh, maybe 25, 26 minutes. And then I think we should worship Jesus one more time. Amen. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for today. We thank you for this time that we're gathered here physically and across multiple locations, people that are watching all over the world. Uh, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're here. God, it was beautiful to worship you. And I pray that you continue to open up our eyes so that we may see you, your awesome, your majesty, your beautiful splendor, God. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this household of faith called Calvary. We pray that as we look at the statements of Jesus from the cross, Father, you would speak to us, help us to know you and see you better. We love you and we thank you. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray and all of God's people say, come on, all of God's people say, can you make some noise for Jesus one more time? Come on. As I was thinking about the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, I started to think that, that, that sometimes we treat that like a pair of socks. Anybody ever have a problem with your socks? Anybody like me? Does a pair of your sock ever go missing? Anybody like me? I don't know about you, but it seems like my washing machine swallows my socks and they disappear. I, I will go, we actually, we were talking about this the other day because I was looking for a sock and I couldn't find it anywhere. And it was one of my favorite pairs of socks. And I go to, I put one on, the other one, I can't find it anywhere. I go to every hamper, I go to the dryer, I go to the washing machine. I don't know how, but socks get lost. You ever walk around your house with one sock on looking for the other? Now, I can't do what some people do, which, which is mismatch socks. Anybody a mismatcher of socks? You don't care. You'll wear one sock and the other. Earl, we're going to be praying for you. And uh, I can't, I can't. It'll, it'll destroy me from the inside. I know. I'll be walking around all day knowing I got different socks on. That bothers me. Somehow we put on one sock and we can't find the other. I think the Christian life is a lot like two socks. And many times Christians were really good at only wearing one sock and missing the other. We love to put on the sock of resurrection. We love to put on the sock of Easter Sunday and victory and shouting and dancing. That's awesome. That, that's great. We should celebrate. This year we are throwing a party up in here, up in here. Because Jesus, he is alive. Jesus did conquer the grave. Jesus is not dead. Come on. Anybody grateful for that? Put a fire emoji. Jesus is alive. That's why we celebrate. But I think you can't put that sock on without also putting on the sock of crucifixion. The sock of his death. The sock of long suffering. It, I'll, I'll put it this way. You, you need the conquering lion, but you also need the slaughtered lamb. Are you hearing me, church? You, you need victorious Jesus. Yes, absolutely. We got resurrection on the inside. Victory over sin and death, for sure. But we also need the life of the cross. The life of dying to self. 
We also need the other side of Jesus. Both sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. In fact, you can't celebrate resurrection until you've gone through death. Are you hearing me? You, you won't celebrate victory until you've tasted some losses. You, you won't know the side of one thing until you first go through the other. And so I put it this way. We need to look at the empty grave and celebrate, but we should also look at the bloody cross and meditate. And I think Christianity, we, we've gotten away, especially American Christianity, from the bloody cross. We give it one day, Good Friday, let's talk about the gruesome bloody cross, but then let's move on to the shouting and dancing of Sunday. And I'm all for that, but I think we, we need to meditate, concentrate, ponder on the bloody cross, on Jesus hanging on a cross. I was reading some theologians and some people, Bible scholars recently, and one of them was talking about how he loves to look at a crucifix because it just reminds him of what his sin cost. And I think we don't do that enough. To just look at the cross and look at Jesus on the cross and think about what that meant, what it cost Jesus, the cross. The cross is a bloody place. It's a gruesome place. It's a horrific place. It cost Jesus his life. The Bible says that Jesus was so bloodied and so swollen, you couldn't even recognize Jesus on the cross. You couldn't tell it was him. I, I think every movie that's tried to depict Jesus on the cross doesn't do it justice how bloodied and how tortured he was. But we don't think about that often because we want more of the victory and the shouting and the empty grave. But there's something beautiful about looking at a bloody cross and a bloody Jesus. It, it costs my sin. In fact, you can't get away from the cross because Jesus said, it, those of you who want to be my disciples must pick up their cross and follow me. In fact, Jesus associated our entire Christian life to carrying a cross. Are, are you following me, church? We can't skip over the cross. You, you can't just leave cross. No, if you are a follower of Jesus, the cross is with you for your entire life. Because the cross, it signifies a dying to self. And the problem is that we love self-indulgence, not self-denial. Oh, we live in a culture, in a time, in a society that we love self-indulgence. Don't talk to me about self-denial. Talk to me about everything I could have. Anybody with me? Talk to me about everything that this country can offer me, my money can buy. We are all about me, 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 me. Bless me, give me, I want, give me this, my wish list, my prayer request, me, me, me. Me, myself, and I, this is what I want, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless my ways, Lord, bless my family, Lord, bless all of me. How about if God wants you to die sometimes? Oh, I don't like this series. I'm going to come back when, when we're doing a shouting series, a great series or something. This, this series is serious. <laughs> American Christianity doesn't like dying to self. Talk to me about shouting and dancing and talk to me about how God wants to bless me and kiss me and love me and, and give me my, my beautiful partner and give me all kind of money and all kind of salary raises. Talk to me about all. God is not a genie. But that's what we've turned God into. We've turned God into some kind of genie on a lamp. And I come on Sunday and I'll just rub the lamp, worship him, and then he'll give me all I want. And literally what we've turned the gospel is into self-improvement. We've turned the gospel into self-motivational talks. Can I tell you the gospel is not self-improvement. It's self-destruction. 
Jesus didn't come to make you better. Jesus came so that we would die and be born again, a whole new person. It's not improvement. I'm a new person. I'm a new creation in Christ. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's not coming to make you better. It's coming to make you new. That's amazing. It's better than improvement. He came to make me alive in Christ. But we want self-improvement, motivational talk. We don't want self-denial. Don't talk to me about dying to my feelings. Don't talk to me about dying to my wants. Don't talk to me about dying to my urges. Don't talk to me about none of that. I can do whatever I want. If you're my disciple, pick up your cross and follow me. The life of Jesus, it's about denying yourself. Wow. The cross is beautiful. In fact, the Bible says that Jesus is the visible image of the invisible God. You, you want to see God? Look at Jesus. And I think one of the most beautiful places where we see Jesus is as he's hanging on the cross. For hours on that Friday, as that Friday afternoon got dark, as darkness covered the land, I think Christians today, we should look more at that moment and see the heart of God there on the cross. You want to know God? You want to see God? Look at Jesus hanging on the cross. That's the love of God. That's the character of God. He's selfless. He'll give up himself for you and for me. We should look more at that bloody cross and see the heart of God in Jesus. And it's there at that cross that he gave up his life. You know, you know why we don't like self-denial? You know why we don't like talking about the bloody cross? Because anytime we talk about self-denial, we feel like we're losing. We're losing. I, I can't deny. I can't lose. There's something ingrained in the human DNA in the blood that doesn't accept losing. Ain't nobody ever celebrated second place. We don't like second place. We don't like bronze or silver. Give me gold. I want gold. Right? I want to win first place. Ain't nobody ever celebrate second place and throw a picture and, and put up a poster because here we are, fourth place in the race. Amazing. Take a picture of this. Right? And so we think that self-denial is a losing. And so we associate that anytime I lose something, whether I lose an argument, whether I lose a fight, whether I lose a person in my life, whatever I lose, my money, I, lo I lost a position, I lost a title, we, we feel that we're lacking something in life and we don't celebrate. What about if God allows some losses in our life because it's not a loss it's a lesson what about if you're not really losing in fact you're gaining something that every single time you die to self you're not losing you're learning you're learning how to be more mature you're learning how to be stronger you're learning how to be more have more faith oh come on I'm not losing I'm learning come on somebody God allows these lessons in our life to make us better somebody today you've been going through a whole lot of loss you've lost family you've lost friends you've lost money you've, you've lost arguments you feel like your life has handed you losses I want to tell you you have haven't lost anything but you've gained everything in Jesus he's made you better he's made you stronger in fact I put it this way denying yourself is not losing anything but gaining everything when you deny yourself I'll lose this argument don't matter because I know in the greater scheme of things I'm winning I'm winning more faith more maturity anybody with me this morning the life of self-denial the life of the cross is one of dying to our wants and saying, God, I, I actually want what you want for me. Make me stronger, wiser, more mature. The life of self-denial, it's not losing everything but gaining everything. Luke chapter 23, Dr. Luke, he's given us this inside look at the last few hours of Jesus' life before he goes into the grave. 
The Bible says that they accused Jesus of insurrection, of rebellion against the Roman government, and they decided to crucify him. Remember, they said, give us Barabbas and crucify Jesus. And so Jesus is going to be crucified, and he's going to be crucified with two criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Jesus has been tried and accused, though he was innocent, he didn't deserve it, he had done nothing wrong, still he's being treated as a criminal, and he's going to face the death of crucifixion. Crucifixion, like, it is not a nice death. It is a gruesome death. It is a torturous death. And like I mentioned earlier, I think no movie has truly depicted how horrible the Romans had perfected crucifixion for it to be torture for hours for those being crucified. In fact, they said that the scenes sometimes were so horrific that you didn't even want to be around crucifixion. In fact, you can go back into history and read some history books of some Roman philosophers and what they said about crucifixion. Look at what one philosopher said. His name was Cicero. He said that the worst capital, a most cruel and disgusting punishment, this capital punishment, suggested that the very mention of the cross should be removed not only from a Roman citizen's body, but from his mind, his eyes, and his ears. In other words, he said, let's not even talk about crucifixion because it's so horrible. This is a Roman philosopher talking about their own way of dealing with criminals. That same Cicero, he tells us that at times it was necessary to cut out the tongues of those who were crucified to stop their terrible blasphemies. As they were being crucified, some of them would yell out blasphemies. They would curse the day that they were born. They would curse those who were crucifying them. And so they needed to cut their tongues in order to not hear all that they were, all that they were yelling as they were being crucified. Seneca, another Roman philosopher, said the same thing. He said they would curse out people on the way to crucifixion. They would yell out horrible things as they were being crucified because it was torture. Luke, though, he gives us an inside look at Jesus being crucified. And as Jesus is being nailed to the cross, he does not yell out blasphemy. He's not cursing those who are crucifying him. He's not spitting on those who are putting nails in his hands. But Luke lets us know the first statement that we're talking about today, the first words that come out of the mouth of Jesus as he's being nailed to a cross, it's not cursing, spitting, or blasphemy, but it's the words, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Every other criminal, every other person that's been crucified has yelled, cursed, spit, but yet the Son of God is saying, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. You see, Jesus didn't just teach forgiveness, he practiced forgiveness. This was shocking to the Roman soldiers. It was shocking to those that were around the cross. We read it, and if you're not careful, you'll go through it really quickly, and you'll, you'll not capture all that Jesus is doing in the moment. But what Jesus is doing is shocking because they were used to people yelling out all kind of horrible things to those around them. But Jesus is not yelling judgment. He, Jesus is saying, Father, forgive them. And he's talking about forgiveness as he's being crucified. Forgiveness is something we need more of in today's world because we're dealing with a world, we're living in a culture of unforgiveness. In fact, if you've done anything wrong, you, you will 
not be forgiven. In today's world, in today's culture, if you do something wrong, if you say something wrong, people will throw it in your face. In fact, we're living in a cancel culture. Where, in fact, they'll go back in history to see if you said something wrong. I remember what you said in 1993. They'll excommunicate you. You won't be able to do anything. They'll, they'll throw you out of society because you did wrong. You should be crucified and judged by that wrong thing that you did. I'm, I'm grateful that Jesus is not in the cancel culture business. I'm grateful that he's in the forgiving business because I should have been canceled. Oh, come on. I should have been judged. I should have been dead. But I'm grateful that Jesus, he didn't cancel me. He didn't kick me out. He didn't excommunicate. Come on. He paid for my sin. Anybody grateful for Jesus this morning? Anybody grateful for the blood? Anybody grateful for forgiveness? Anybody grateful that because of Jesus, we're alive, we're delivered, we're saved, we're forgiven, no more shame, no more guilt. I should have been dead, but he forgave. Somebody give God a praise this morning. Come on. Hallelujah. I should have been canceled. I should have canceled myself a long time ago. Come on, some of us know what we've done. You know what you've done did. <laughs> you know what you've done. Come on, we are all guilty of sin. We should have been canceled. Yet while he's being crucified, he's not canceling me. In fact, the Bible says he's canceling my debt. <sighs> wow. We racked up a bill against God. You ever gone to a restaurant? And when they come bring you the bill at the end, you're like, who order all this food? I ain't never eat this much in my life. Like, I ain't have all these appetites. Yes, you did. You were just having such a good time. You had no idea. You're like, what? What in the world? Babe, we're not going out for six months. I'm going to Financial Peace University. <laughs> if, if we could only see the bill that we racked up against God, what our lying did, what our cheating did, what our thinking did, what our negative toxic ways, what our wicked heart really desires. We hurt, we offended, we insulted, we backstabbed a holy loving God. And literally what it means is that we, we, we racked up a debt against God. We, we owed God. Today I want you to know the gravity of sin is not, it's not light, it's profound, it's deep. Our sin costs something. Colossians says, Colossians chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us of all of our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with his legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Woo! Imagine you're at that restaurant and you get that bill and you're like, mm, they need help washing plates because I'm... Imagine you get that bill and somebody comes up to you and says, hey, don't worry about the bill. It, it got taken care of. That's what Jesus did on the cross. You and I, we, we, we owe God a whole lot. Our sin, it costs. It's heavy. And Jesus says, hey, I'll pay the price for you. He was teaching us forgiveness. He forgave us on the cross. And as you're nailing him, he says, Father, forgive them. Or they know not what they do. Father, forgive them. And I tell you, we're living in a world of unforgiveness. We're living in a world of unforgiveness, and it's killing us. Some of us here today, some of you watching online, today, unforgiveness is killing you. And maybe you're like, well, I'm not really holding a grudge. 
somebody mentions the name of somebody, you may not feel unforgiveness, but you have a little something against that person. And you're walking around with that in your entire life. Can I tell you, the more you walk around with that, the heavier it will become on your soul. And you won't be able to move forward into everything that God has for you. I looked up some statistics on unforgiveness and look at what I found. This is what some medical research says about unforgiveness. 62% of American adults say that they need more forgiveness. 62%. People who hang on to grudges are more likely to experience severe depression, post-traumatic stress disorder, as well as other health conditions. Unforgiveness intensifies mental problems, such as depression, anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder. According to Harvard Medical School, not forgiving someone can both impact physical and mental health. One study found that tension with one's parents, particularly his or her mom, and siblings, it remains associated with symptoms of depression as an adult. Unforgiveness is killing us. Then look at what it says about forgiveness. Forgiveness can improve mental and physical health. Forgiveness can lead to lowered blood pressure and a healthier heart. Studies found that the act of forgiveness can reap huge rewards for your health, lowering the risk of heart attack, improving cholesterol levels, sleep, reducing pain, blood pressure, and levels of anxiety, depression, and strength. Some of us are dying on the outside not knowing that it's something on the inside that's causing it. It's that grudge, that unforgiveness, that resentment that you're holding against somebody. Well, Alex, you don't, you don't know what so-and-so did to me. You don't know how, you don't know how they, what, what they did, what they cheated, they betrayed me, they lied to me. Somebody ever bring up a name around you and you just get like a little like, mm-hmm. your, your, your blood pressure just starts to go up. <laughs> right? Unforgiveness. I'm not saying it's easy, but I'm saying it's the way of the cross. Don't jump to Resurrection Sunday before going through Crucifixion Friday. Maybe, maybe today as we start this series today across all of our different locations of people watching and here and all of our services, maybe today Jesus is calling us, hey, what about if you die to self? Are you hearing me, church? But it's not fair. I need to pay them back. Die to self. But it's not right. I need to grab them one time and just show them. Die, die to self. That's easy for you to say, Alex, you don't know what I've been through. I don't know. I've been through my own series of betrayals and broken hearts, people accusing us and saying all kinds of stuff. It's not easy, but it's possible. In fact, I'll say this. This is what forgiveness is not. Forgiveness is not forgetting. Forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not fixing. And forgiveness is not impossible. Forgiveness is not forgetting. In fact, I I want to say today, maybe you're here watching online and you've been hurt, like you've been deeply hurt, wounded, abused, lied. I'm not minimizing that. Forgiveness is not minimizing the offense. It's not. I'm not telling you today to forget it. Like you're going to walk out of here and be like, it's gone. I don't even remember what nobody did to me. No, I'm good. Nobody's ever done me wrong. Like that's not, we're not God. It's not forgetting. Forgiveness, it's not fair. Alex, but it's not fair. This person did me wrong. How could I forgive them? It's not fair. Can I tell you, me and you don't want what's fair. You, you want what's fair? You, you will not want what fair brings. It's not fair that our sin killed innocent Jesus. But we don't want what's fair. I know it's not fair, but forgiveness is not fair. Forgiveness is not fixing either. 
right? In other words, forgiveness is not reconciliation. I'm not saying you got to go back and I'll be best friends with that person, like their Instagram picture, DM them all the time, go out to have coffee. Like that, that's, not, that's not what forgiveness is. Reconciliation takes two people. Forgiveness takes one person. I'm not talking about reconciliation. I'm not saying like, maybe that's a whole nother message. That's another step we probably got to take later on in life if it requires that. Right now, it's making you free. Forgiveness is making you free, not them. And forgiveness is not impossible. Some of us here are watching online, you're saying, I, I can't do that. I can't do that. This person did me wrong. I, I cannot do that. It's very hard. Yeah, for sure it is very hard, but it's not impossible. Forgiveness is hard, but forgiveness is healthy. Forgiveness is possible only with the help of our Father. Jesus, as he's being nailed to the cross, Luke gives us an inside picture of what he's saying from the cross. As they're, they're putting nine-inch nails through each one of his hands, as they're crucifying him, imagine the pain. He's gone through abuse, betrayal, false accusation, shame. In fact, most historians say that people who were crucified were crucified naked. Talk about shame. Maybe, maybe somebody in your life has caused you shame. And you're saying, how, how could I forget? While he's being shamed, he says, Father, forgive them. What I love about this first statement as we start this series is that he calls on his father. First thing that we need to do, number one, pray for help. Pray for help. I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. What I'm saying is that the father can help you. Are you hearing me, church? I'm not saying forgiveness is easy. But as we look at the words of Jesus, this first statement, he's calling on somebody that's higher. You, you sometimes will need a higher power to forgive. And the highest power is our Father God. And sometimes it will take supernatural strength for you to forgive. As you pray, you are making a decision to forgive. You're making a decision to forgive. Can I tell you today? Today, forgiveness is not an act of emotions. It's an act of choice. I'm not saying you got to feel it and then ask, okay, I'm going to forgive that person. Like, you will not feel it. You may not feel it ever in your life. A couple weeks ago, I went and I sat down with somebody who I think betrayed me and did me wrong years ago. Haven't sat down with them in a while and got to sit down with them and talk to them can I tell you I did not feel any nice kind of feelings butterflies and this is awesome we're having a great conversation you're my BFF now again I felt like punching you know what I'm saying like I felt like like we're gonna we're gonna talk about what happened a couple years ago right like we're human but it's not an act of feelings it's an act of choice father forgive them I don't know about you but if it would have been me on that cross, I would not have said, Father, forgive them. You ever prayed judgmental prayers? Oh, 11 a.m. is holy. Sorry, if you're watching from home, excuse the people in here. They're on a spiritual level that we're not there yet. But like I haven't said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. I've said, God, explosive diarrhea for a week. Like, let them explode, God, for a whole week. Like, Anybody with me? Have you ever played? Come on. 
I know you prayed some nice prayers, but pray for me then. Pray for me, because I prayed some bad prayers before. When people betrayed us, but you need to pray for God to help you. God, help me make, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 1, since Christ suffered while he was in his body, strengthen yourself. Listen, strengthen yourself with the same way of thinking that Christ had. Not with the way that we think, not the way that I think, you think. Strengthen yourself with the way that Jesus, Father, forgive them. Number one, pray for help. Number two, never retaliate. Can I tell you, don't scoop down to the level of this for that. So many people in our world are living this way. You, you know some people that are living this way. They throw subliminal shots. We're grown adults throwing subliminal shots across social media. Boy, if they posted that kind of picture, I'm gonna post this kind of picture. I'm enjoying my life too. It's sad to think this is how we go through life. I'm gonna put up a picture so that somebody who may not even remember what they did to you, but I'm gonna retaliate. The Bible says that vengeance is his, not ours. Never retaliate. It's not up to me and you to pay that back. First Peter chapter 3, verse 9 says, Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. So many of us today, God is not blessing something in our life because we're still holding something against somebody else. Jesus says, if you come up and you pray for something, first go fix that situation with your brother before you pray. And so some of us, I wonder why we're frustrated in our spiritual walk is because you're still walking around with resentment and bitterness and anger and grudge in your heart. The Bible says that that root of bitterness, it will become a weight in your life. It will hold you down. Some of us today, we, we, need, to, we need to say, I'm not gonna retaliate. I'm not going to repay evil for evil. That's not what Jesus did. Can I tell you, Jesus could have called down a legion of angels at that moment. Over the next several weeks, we're going to look at those hours that Jesus hung up on the cross and the words that he said. Not once did he say, right now, Michael, the archangel, Gabriel, all of y'all, come down and crucify all of these people. He never retaliated. Never. It's the way of the cross. It's the way of self-denial. Can you lose that argument and still keep going? Can you lose that fight and still keep going? You may not ever have the upper hand in what happened. Can you still live the way of the cross and realize this is the way of Jesus? Denying myself, I haven't lost anything. I've gained everything. You'll be more mature and you'll be more like Jesus. Number one, pray for help. Number two, never retaliate. And we'll finish with this. Number three, release the person. Release the person. Anne Lamont said that unforgiveness is like drinking rat poison and expecting or waiting for the rat to die. Here you are drinking all this bitterness, resentment, anger, and yet you're looking at this person. They may be halfway across the world and you're just waiting for them to die. You're the one that's drinking unforgiveness. Forgiveness is releasing that person. Can I tell you, sometimes that person doesn't even remember what they did to you. They've moved on with life. They are living their life. They're happy with their family. And you're still mad about something that happened in 1993. It's 2022. 
I like what one commentator said. He says, forgiveness doesn't change the past, but it does open your future. I tell you, God wants you to move forward into the wide open spaces of grace that he has for you. Some of us, we can't move forward because we're still holding on to that person. You're carrying around a dead thing forever. Today, make a decision. I'm releasing this person. I'm letting them go. Forgiveness is not about retaliation. Forgiveness is about releasing. In fact, the word to forgive is literally to release a debt. And you feel like this person owes you something. Today, decide, hey, I'm covering the bill. They don't owe me anything. I'm going to let them go. Maybe some of us here today, some of you watching online, you're saying, Alex, but you don't know what this person did to me. They owe me. It was hard. It was difficult what this person did to me. You don't know what they did to my father, to my family. You have no idea what they did to my sister. You don't know what they did to my business. I look at them online. They're enjoying vacation. That's my money they're enjoying. (laughs) You ever felt like that? No? (laughs) How could I forgive something so wrong? And I love what the great C.S. Lewis said. He said, To be a Christian means to forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. How could I forgive somebody who's done the inexcusable to me? How could I forgive somebody who's wronged me, betrayed me, hurt me? Well, I could because God forgave somebody like me who hurt him, betrayed him, turned my back on him. And if God... If God has forgiven me, who am I to hold unforgiveness to somebody else? Jesus, there on that cross, he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. I'll read one last verse, and then we're going to pray and worship. Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, we can put it up, says this. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as is in Christ, God forgave. I want us for a moment to think about the cross. We're going to get to Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. We're going to celebrate. We're going to throw a big party. I'm telling you, it's going to be awesome. But, but I think we need to take the next several weeks and prepare our heart and say, well, before we celebrate life, we got to think about his death. Before we experience victory, sometimes we got to go through defeat and understand that I may take some losses, but they're not losses. They're lessons learned. He's making me better. He's making me stronger. I want us to stand up on our feet today. Come on, why don't we close our eyes and bow our head as we think about the cross. When's the last time you thought about the bloody cross? I'm not talking about the nice crosses we wear on jewelry and the nice crosses we put up in churches and about the the Savior hanging on that cross unrecognizable and yet with barely enough oxygen to speak with almost no energy and strength to talk he doesn't curse he doesn't blaspheme he doesn't spit but he says Father forgive them for they know not what they do there on the cross he forgave me 
and he forgave you. And he took our place. Why don't we think about that cross this morning? Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for forgiveness. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for resurrection, but we also thank you for crucifixion. God, and we can't expect resurrection without first crucifixion. Today, some of us, we gotta die to self. Some of us have been holding on to grudges and some of us have been holding on to all kind of resentment and anger. Today, God, some of us, we need to release that. And we're asking for help. We're asking for supernatural help, God. To release that person, to release that debt. God, help us not to retaliate, but to release. Father, I pray that you work in our heart, that you work in our soul. That you do something on the inside. Some of you here today, some of you watching, you've been holding on to a grudge. You've been holding on to unforgiveness. They did you wrong. They did your father wrong. They did somebody in your family. They did your business wrong. And today you need to release that. And today you need to let that go. If that's you, come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed. If that's you, can you raise your hand? You're saying, I'm dealing with unforgiveness. Today I need the, the help of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Hands raised up everywhere. Father, can you help us today, God? Come on, why don't you ask the Father for help? Father, help us today. Help us to let go of that grudge. Help us to let go of that resentment, that anger that's killing us on the inside. Help us, God, to release the debt. Help us, God, to walk freely in all that you've called us, God. Help us today, God, that person that wronged us, that person that betrayed us, that person that did us wrong. Today, Holy Spirit, we ask for help. Some of us have been walking around with a grudge for the last 5, 10, 15 years for that person that walked out on us, for that person that spoke wrongly of us, false accused us, abused us. Today, as we look at the bloody cross and we hear the first words of Jesus, Father, forgive them. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. If you've forgiven me of everything I've done, how can I hold unforgiveness? I pray that you give us strength today, God. To every person here, to every person watching, God, that you would give us strength and help in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you free hearts right now. Holy Spirit, I pray that you release bondages. I pray that you release bondages in the name of Jesus. I pray that you set people free today in the name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would heal. I pray that you would bring freedom today to every heart, to every life, to every mind. In the name of Jesus, God, bring freedom. Bring healing today, God. Release that person. Some of you today, you need to go home. You need to write down that person's name and release them today. You need, you need to write a letter to yourself and say, today I choose to forgive this person that wronged me. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your strength. Thank you for your help. Hallelujah. With eyes closed and head bowed. I want to say one last prayer for people in here who don't have a relationship with God. And then I'm going to ask John to come up here and tell you about a free Bible and a gift that we have for you. But really quick, before we go, with eyes closed and head bowed. Come on, as everybody's praying, whether you're here or watching online, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, maybe you're here and you're saying, Alex, I, I, I did a bunch of wrong. There's no way that God wants to forgive me. There's no way he wants a relationship with me. Come on, with every eye closed, every head about the Bible says all of us are sinners. We all sin. I, 
I've done wrong, you've done wrong. There's not one perfect person in this place. The Bible says that our sin separates us from God. Our sin caused a barrier between us and God. God can't be with sin, so sin comes and separates us from this holy, loving God. But the Bible says that God loved you and me so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus. The Bible says that Jesus came and he grabbed my sin, your sin. Every wrong thing we've done, thought, said. The Bible says that Jesus, he carried it on his shoulders. He went up on a cross and he died for our sins. The Bible says that Jesus gave up his life on the cross. Then he went down to a grave and he was dead for three days. Come on, with every eye closed, with every head bowed. If you're in here today and you say, Alex, I need forgiveness. I know I've done wrong. I've walked away from God. Maybe you grew up in church. Maybe you've known about God your whole life, but you've walked away, you've strayed. Today, you wanna come back and you wanna start a relationship with God. Maybe you've never known God and you're saying, today, I want a relationship with this good father. But every eye closed, with every head bowed, I'm gonna count to three. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand. Can you hold it up high enough, long enough for me to see you? I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. In fact, every eye closed, every head bowed. I just want you to raise your hand so I can see you, so I can know who I'm praying for. And then you can put it right back down. If that's you, you're saying, today I need Jesus. Today I need forgiveness. Today I want a brand new beginning in my life. At the count of three, raise your hand. One, two, three. Raise your hand as high as you can, as high as you can. Hands raised up everywhere. Come on, raise it up, raise it up. I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you, I see you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. I see you, I see you, I see you. Amazing, amazing. Hands raised up everywhere. Come on, you can put your hands back down. With eyes closed and head bowed. I'm gonna say this prayer and then Pastor John's gonna come up and tell us about a free gift and then we're gonna make our way out of here today and celebrate Jesus. Come on, with eyes closed, head bowed, the whole church together, why don't we say this prayer together? Say, Father, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Come on, say, Jesus, today, I believe you're the Son of God, that you died for my sins, and on the third day, you resurrected. Come into my life, be my Lord, and be my Savior. From today on, I'm forgiven, I'm saved, and I'm healed. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, if you just made that decision, first of all, I just want to let you know that you just made the greatest decision of your entire life. I really believe we're going to make millions and millions of decisions across our lifetime, but there is none like the one that you just made in this room right now. From this moment on, the only reason that we could talk about forgiveness is because we have a God who first forgave us. From this moment, you don't have to carry shame anymore. You don't have to carry guilt anymore. You don't have to carry the weight of this world, but you have a Savior who says, hey, I will take that weight for you. He says, I've forgiven you and I've loved you. From this moment on, you are loved forever. And so I just want you to know that you have a family here at the church that also wants to walk with you, that wants to take you along on the journey. And also we would love to give you a free gift. So if you did make that decision today, that same tent that we have outside that I let you guys know that if it's your first time you guys can go to, we also can get a free Bible. We would love to give you a free Bible because we really believe that God speaks through his word. God speaks through his Bible. One of my favorite quotes is someone who has a Bible who's fallen apart, usually who has a life that doesn't. And so I think God speaks through his word and sometimes I think we can keep his mouth closed. But we wanna give you one of these so that way you can have the mouth of God, you can have God's voice in your life going with you every single day of your life. So thank you so much, Arlene. So one more time, can we make some noise for everybody that just made that decision to follow Jesus?
again, we would love to go on the journey with you as you are not alone. But hey, church, I hope you were blessed by that message. One time, can we clap our hands for that word from Pastor Alex? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Hey, I would love for us to leave celebrating in this room. I believe that God has done incredible things and he's gonna continue to do things. So can we just lift up our hands and pray one last time before we celebrate? So thank you, Jesus. Thank you for just forgiving us, God. The reason that you forgive, now we could forgive because you've forgiven us, Lord. Allow us to walk in freedom. Allow us to not walk in bondage, Lord. I pray for anybody in this room that just has unforgiveness, God, that they can just release it today, that they can let go of it today, God, and not just a Sunday word, but it's gonna be something that's gonna bless us for the rest of our lives. So we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Come on, let's sing this out one more time.